This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Well, the college football season has come to an end. Georgia has beaten Alabama to capture the national championship And meanwhile, over at Hardcore Husky, we're entering the offseason with so much to talk about. Will Joey dangerously enter the portal and transfer to Tiger Droppings? Will Hugh Husky continue to post at Hardcore Husky? And who will be the next Husky football player to post on social media that they're not going anywhere? On top of this, we will check in with Willie Duke for updates from his Twitter guy, and Joey's going to give an update from his all-fake tough guy team. Gentlemen, and I use that term loosely, how are you guys doing tonight? This is where you are. Excellent. Okay. I'm doing excellent. (laughs) Yep. All right, Joey, we'll start with you. Just uh, your your summation and thoughts on last night's uh, Natty with uh, Georgia finally overcoming Alabama and winning it all. Uh, Yeah, one second. I'm uh, tweeting a recipe to Karen Ramming. (laughs) Oh, do tell. Just hang tight. (laughs) Uh, I after like game number four, uh, four or five, I want to say I, I I was starting to watch Georgia closely because they looked like um, an unstoppable locomotive going downhill, and I never I, I never quite had the balls to say it to anybody uh, the last month, but I thought they took Alabama lightly in the championship. And you talk, you talk about the conference championship. Yes. In the conference championship. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought they took Bama lightly because I think Georgia is a fucking machine. And I don't think this is, this is not, I don't, this is not even close to, you know, one of the best teams Saban's had, and they still make the title game, um, yep. which is just, I mean, that guy's, a, that guy's ridiculous. Hard, hard to hate Saban any, anymore. Um, but, um, yeah, I thought Georgia was just, you know, just a fucking wrecking machine. I mean, what was their margin of victory? It was, it was something insane, like 30-something points. I mean, Jesus, you know, and it, and it's not like they were they were hanging sixty or seventy on teams. I mean, they were they were beating teams like forty two to three and shit like that. You mean like so, the ninety one Huskies? Just like the ninety one, yep. Just like the ninety one Huskies. Uh, the reason I'm laughing is because it's we're getting we're, we're entering the realm of of being pathetic when when I'm, you know, for sitting your. Uh, uh, getting all excited oh, yeah. about a team now that was 31 years ago now. So, <laughs> well, that's, that's funny you say that because uh, I was I caught a little bit of KJR on the way home today, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what Softy that's exactly what Softy was talking about is, you know, that we have to bring up something that happened 30 years ago, and that's sad. So <laughs> yes, 
it is. Like, <laughs> it's, it's terribly it is. sad. It's terribly sad. It, it's something uh, you, when you watch the game last night. It's just you. You watch these two teams, and you're like, I will it happen? Can it happen? You know, it uh, happen, this was, but, <laughs> it was like 10 years ago, but uh, a friend of mine that I've known for years and years and years, and she lives actually kind of, kind of up near uh, your way up there. Um, and she said this to me 10 years ago when I was going on and on about the, the Huskies and sanctions and stuff, and I don't complain about that anymore, but that tortured me for a long time. <clears throat> and... Um, and then she said, uh, uh, you know, the way that you, some of you Husky fans are just going on and on and on about, uh, you know, the old Don James seeds and stuff. And she said, you guys are like the Republicans, uh, or you guys are like Republicans yearning for the Reagan years to come back, you know. So <laughs> I didn't set that up very well, but it was actually pretty funny. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I agree with Softy there, and I've come to that thought myself over the last couple of years. It's like, it's getting further and further distance between us and, and 1991, and it's kind of ridiculous to harken back to that. And especially when we have a, an administration that um, just has its priorities in such wrong places and or just a level of incompetence that doesn't know how to get back there. So, so. Yeah, I, I'm I'm yep. with you. It's it's a sad re- it's sad reality watching. Uh, two alpha male teams uh, pummel each other, you know. And... Yeah, well, and we'll get Wooly's comments in just a second, but I'll say something that I, I wrote on the boards yesterday. It's like the thing that really jumped out at me watching, uh, I didn't see the entire game, but I saw a lot of last night's game, and it's just the linebackers for both teams. Those linebackers are more athletic, and they're faster, and they're stronger than our running backs and our wide receivers. I mean, uh, it's the creatures. Creatures. I'm sorry. The fact you, you, we call them creatures, and and for anybody who's getting uncomfortable, I call JJ Watt a fucking creature. The Bosa brothers, oh. they're creatures. They're fucking these yes, freaks. These it's football like, players freak. that are like yeah, that are like created in a fucking lab. Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Georgia's Georgia's defense is is, is fucking freaks. Yeah, and then that, that, that that stupid Poindexter quarterback. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> there was even one point where um, I don't remember if I because I accidentally uh, texted it to somebody else that. Uh, she didn't appreciate the text actually, but I was, I was trying to text it to you guys last night because we were texting a bit back and forth uh, during the game. But uh, um, I, early on, I said that. Uh, did you guys get this text from me? I said that at this rate, that Stetson is going to be a prison raped by the Alabama defensive line. <laughs> uh, if not, uh, something. I guess similar. not. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I did get. Uh, I think I did get some. I think I do remember seeing something about. Oh no, you said Stetson doing his Jake Browning impression. Oh. <laughs> I thought I, I, thought I remember seeing Stetson in there. Yeah, he was. He, wa- 
<laughs> he was for a long time. He was looking very Browning esque of uh, 2016 against a, a grand, uh, against Spam's defense. Yeah. But uh, anyways, oh, you know they won it. They pulled it off. So anyway, I just I'm just uh, it's just sad from our standpoint that as watching Huskies fans that. Um, that it seems like another universe away, and it's not something that we can even hope to attain at, at some point. So, well, so there's two but, uh, players. There's there's two players on Georgia that um, you know the Huskies were. I don't know how how in on them they were, but I mean it's like Brock Bowers and Keely Ringo. You're like. You're like, these two guys, I can't believe the Huskies actually, you know, were like kind of like the list was narrowed down with them in, you know, hat on the table. I think they had a shot at Bowers. I mean, and, I mean, my my thing I was going to say is, number one, is there a bigger chasm between what could have happened for a guy in his final two this year between Barack Bowers either – because I believe he did come down to – I mean, maybe he was set on Georgia and Washington was, like, the one place he's like, well, I'll check out somewhere else just to do it. But it legitimately was Georgia and Washington. He goes the one who wins the national championship, is basically, like, the best tight end in the country, uh, starts to redefine the position, uh, makes a touchdown catch in the national title. Or he could have went to Washington and had literally the worst season ever and probably never got the fucking ball from uh, – Dylan Morris and the the team of John Donovan, Dylan Morris, the Husky offensive line. He would have been probably in some weird way. He, Jimmy and Donovan would have had a grudge against him. Probably wouldn't have played him, and so they could have Kate Otten out there to not throw to Kate Otten. <laughs> <laughs> or he would have, uh, yeah, he would have come to Washington, and then uh, we never really would have heard much from him. And then he uh, yeah. ends up as a signed as a free agent in the NFL, and four years later he's all pro. And uh, we look back at his year at Washington, and he had like six catches or whatever. And <laughs> it'd yeah. be one of those deals, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just like you know, Dusty's had like four four tight ends in a row who are in the NFL now, including one that's pretty good and had a, they had a combined like forty three catches in their entire careers. Uh, uh, they just even those the good years they could not find a way to get to get the tight end the ball. Yeah, who knew that Disley was such a catching machine when he was uh, with us? I mean, I, I I feel like I saw it. I mean, especially the best thing about him was once he got the ball, it was like a guaranteed like eleven yards because he was just such a yes. a nightmare to bring down. And it's just like just throw him like a swing pass or something. Like how I mean, there there is. We don't need to get into the fine details of the development of Will Disley. I mean, it's possible that since he switched, like, halfway through his career, that maybe it took him some time uh, and some development to really become a true tight end. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, of, of recent wasted Husky guys who seem like they weren't fully u- utilized, I mean, he's definitely high up on the list. Bubble screen to Will Disley. <laughs> he sat behind a second-round pick. Oh, Sample? Drew, Drew Sample is a second-round pick. I mean... True, uh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I, 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 I remember... Uh, yeah, I remember telling you, like, before the draft, like, 
Disley was such a good blocker. I thought, I thought like he's gonna he's gonna like be drafted in like the fifth round, and somebody's gonna move him to guard because he's, he's such a good fucking blocker. And I like Disley a lot more in college than Sample. Uh, going back and watching a lot of you know we, we need to get in the weeds on this. Uh, you know, watching old highlights and you know crying in the middle of the night that I have during COVID a lot. You know, I, I do you do see sample jump out as a blocker a lot, but I, I, I was kind of surprised Disley went so low and sample went so high. I, I really liked Disley. I mean, yeah, as a blocker, he was like, he was the first team all pack 12, like lineman, basically, in my opinion, I think sample was the same way and it was pretty underrated. And maybe that's why they didn't throw them the ball as much as they were so valuable blocking that, you know, they wanted to use them that way a lot. So well, I'm glad we went deep into that. You know, if you want my opinion on the, on the championship, I can give that too. Yeah, we do. Uh, and <laughs> the one thing I'll add to that, though, is I just remember one of Disley's first games as a Seahawk, as a rookie. If you guys remember, it was right before <clears throat> he got injured. But there was some sort of crossing route, and he caught a pass from Russell Wilson, and he went like 72 yards down to the goal line. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Of course. And I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> and, uh, and then 15 minutes later, you know, broke his fibula or whatever it was. But, uh, <laughs> and then he was out. But, uh, wasn't it, a, um, wasn't it an Achilles? Wasn't the Achilles yeah, I, first? And I was, I was the flipping, next but, year. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> the fact that he's walking is a miracle. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where he's just kind of, uh, I guess, better late than never. But still, it seems like we really uh, could have used him with with Washington, uh, and it just uh, didn't turn out. But yeah, Willie, your thoughts on last night's uh, Natty? I like yeah, to I call mean, it Natty. A, <laughs> yeah. The yearly deepening reminder of like how far the Pac-12 in Washington is from from what that is, and it gets worse every year to me. And to me, it gets worse when you know Joey kind of touched on it a bit of guys because they're Washington, but then again, West coast players who are making big impacts in the game as well. I mean, you have Bowers, uh, Burton, who is Georgia's receivers, the LA guy, uh, you know, you have, uh, to O to O, you know, and there's the, the Alabama's tight ends, the West coast guy. And then, uh, I don't know, I'm blanking on like the biggest one too. Oh, Ringo too. I mean, yeah, it's like the, of all the things that are, separating Washington and the Pac-12 compete from competing on every on that level. They're just getting worse every year. We don't have the athletes out of here because of demographics. Uh, the, the few that we do have are, are mostly leaving. Uh, no one's going to be – no one's out here is competing on that level. You know, I think with NIL, they're not going to be able to compete. I don't, I don't think the coaching is anywhere near what it is. The fans are not the same. I mean, I, I'm trying to even just – I just feel sad watching environments like that are – big good bowl games where you're just like oh man like maybe the Auburn Washington game from 2018 I mean kind of the Rose Bowl last time you have to watch Washington in an environment like that I mean it's just all the things that are separating the SEC from the Pac-12 of Washington right now on display in that game they're just getting more and more intense and I, I don't know how you reverse them barring the Boer being some sort of like Chip Kelly level, like offensive, his offensive scheme just being out of his world and hitting a home run on a quarterback and just, you know, hitting recruiting and not missing at like every position 
for a few years, like they did early with Peterson. Well, there's two things. There's two things that come to mind in that regard that uh, I don't. I wouldn't hang my hat on these as likely, but this could turn things around for the Pac-12 conference. First of all, you've got um, you know USC with Riley down there, and if he could turn that or turn them around to where they're winning 11 games a year, um, that's a nice kind of uh, flagship program, if you will, for the uh, conference. And hopefully it may be a rallying point. Second of all, um, you've got George Kalishnikov there at the uh, at the new as the new commissioner. And one thing I like about him is that you know the team the conference went zero and five in the bowl games, and he was just like, "This is pathetic. This is not acceptable." And we we've never had that from you know from Hanson to backhand Larry through the, all those years. They never would have said that. And so it seems to me that if he's publicly talking that harshly towards his own teams, that uh, internally what kinds of influences and pressures might he be doing? And, and, and who knows, maybe if it's like if he's sitting there with his uh, associates and going, you know, Jen Cohen up in Seattle, she's destroyed that program. How do we get her out of there? <laughs> you know. <laughs> now, <laughs> Uh, do I think that'll happen? No, but you know the the point is is that at least there's somebody that's expressing some standards. That's the the leader of the conference, and he's just like we just went zero and five in the postseason. We have a WSU right. team that lost to Central Michigan in El Paso, and then is bragging about what a great year they had. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that Seattle Times article. After they lost to the uh, Sun Bowl there, and then it basically it was even from the headline to the writing, it was portraying a positive, you know, a scrappy Cougar team that made a nice comeback. And it's like you lost to Michigan. They accomplished their one goal. <laughs> we've gone, we've gone over this. We've gone over this. They don't care it's about. Almost, yeah. Uh, they don't care about W's. On the win loss column, they care about Washington. <laughs> That's it. They're done. <laughs> that was that was it. It's it's sad. It, I mean, it, it's really sad. But uh, I, I don't want to go too far into this. I got friends that are Cougar fans, and I've I've you know mended my ways. I don't give them shit. You know. Um, anyways, I wanted to say that. Uh, you know the FCC has you know the the largest sports network in the world, basically doing their bidding for them. So yes. they you know they 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 create a narrative when when all they do is talk negatively about West Coast football, and they don't offer solutions. You know most of the time on how the West Coast could get better at football. They just completely shit on the West Coast, and I mean, you can go you can go even further into that, but we won't we won't go into like the uh, the um, the party lines and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, you're going to get positive talk about USC and all the people talking about um, Lincoln Riley going to USC is good for the conference. It's not good for the conference. It's good for USC because ESPN is just going to consistently beat you over the head with, uh, hey, USC is back. USC is back. Before they've played a fucking game and before we can see, you know, Lincoln Riley 
you know, what he can do at uh, at USC, you know, not taking over for uh, Bob Stoops. You know, he's taking over for dumb, uh, dumb Clay Helton. You know, triple F faith family football Clay Helton. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> who, who recruited two Husky coach fired Husky coaches uh, to uh, wherever he is now on the East Coast there, Central Carolina right. or whatever, Georgia or the Citadel Southern, or where is he? Uh, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia Southern, Southern that's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Who are the coaches he brought with them? Oh, Will. One of our guys ended Will. up being the district coordinator. Will Harris. <laughs> hey, hey, you know. You know, I've heard he can get a fucking job anywhere he wants, but he chose, he chose, chose oh, yeah. to split defensive back, defensive back coach duty at Washington. Chose it. Uh, I mean, I have nothing, you know, good for him. Uh, I don't care, really, but it's like, how do you go from defensive back coach at Washington and with with the you know with the well documented shortcomings that we've we've had on the boards there, um, and then you become a defensive coordinator for Georgia Southern by not recruiting I'm... ever. Yeah, well, it's just it's just. But I mean, you know, he God bless him and good he, luck. He can't recruit here, and now he's going to come down to the south and <laughs> try to recruit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty incredible for Clay Helton. My God, uh, yeah, just you would think that Clay Helton, having been in LA for so many years, that he would have uh, developed far more uh, connections that he could have uh, uh, lined up somebody much better than that. And so I guess it's just a um, and, and like you're like you're alluding to there, Joey. It's like what connections does Will Harris have down there in Georgia? He's, you know, he's not well, going to I mean, be able it's to. A, it's a job. I'm, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, they probably have. I mean, he, Will Harris went to USC, right? So that's some connection um, between the two, I suppose. Um, you no, know, I, thing I, on think... the, I don't want to burn too many calories on the SEC thing, but, you know, they have their sure. own, they have their own network, um, which is, you know, basically ESPN three. Um, they have ESPN, which is like their own network. They have, you know, that exclusive deal with CBS, which is supposed to be expiring at some point, right? Um, so, you know, they've got, you know, basically a triple network package. I know that the uh, the commissioner was making like, half or maybe even a third of what uh Larry Scott was making. So the commissioner the commissioner gets it. Oh, that's right. You know, he he, he doesn't it, the money in his pocket is not doesn't matter to him. You know, the money in the conference's pocket is more important. Um, you know, it's really funny. I'll just say real quick cuz I remember when that article came out and Larry Scott had some sort of uh, palatial super office with glowing neon lights in the lobby and everything down there in the Bay Area that uh, <clears throat> was, you know, a $12 million building or whatever it was. 
And then they they showed where the, the, the main office was for the SEC commissioner, and it looked like a DMV building. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. It was really amazing. Yeah. Well, they were paying, what was the... The 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 lease agreement on whatever building they were paying was like a thirty year uh God, it was like some thirty year lease and it was uh it was I I almost want to say it was like in the eight figures a year that the that the conference was paying for their for their I think it was like building. Eight, it was like seven or eight million dollars in rent every year God. that they paid to be and then the best part is people pointed out like they didn't have they didn't have like a YouTube TV deal for Pac-12 Network, which like so many people get their cable now from YouTube TV, and they were like two buildings away from YouTube. <laughs> what is the point? What is the point of you having having? And it was like I think it was like Sling too. They like they didn't have like a YouTube TV or Sling deal, and they were like, what is the point of you being here if you cannot make deals with like these tech companies that are like across the street from you? Yeah, it was. Mind-boggling. I mean, all that the Larry Scott Pac-12 stuff is like pretty well documented. But I mean, yeah, that's just like the uttermost business waste uh, I've ever seen. You know, I don't follow too much regular business, but like that's got to be the most wasteful business I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, but I mean, there was the uh, the basketball conference championship. I think it was in 2019, if I remember right, and. He and, and Larry Scott went down there, and he was staying at some sort of penthouse at one of the most uh, ritziest oh, yeah, uh, yeah. hotels. And he had tw- he had a twenty four hour concierge person dev- uh, dedicated to him. Yeah, yeah, that was like yeah. I can't remember how much is it was a night. It was like something. It was insane. It wasn't, yeah, and it wasn't comped. No, 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 no. And I, off the top of my head, I want to say it was seven thousand a night, but I don't know. But I can't remember. It was, but it was like re- that. Yeah, it was ridiculous, <clears throat> and he was there for like a week. Oh, so the man was living. Uh, yeah. He was living high off the hog, and meanwhile, um, all the things that he was kind of promising and alluding to when he first came on board years ago. And and we were much worse off as a conference in relation to everybody else by the time he left. Um, so, anyways, but at least this new guy is—he's calling a spade a spade, and uh, I think that's that's got to be some sort of positive. So, but um, well, you know, uh, you what, look at what. One more thing is, uh, what did the Pac-12 do in the 2020 season? Not play. Oh, you mean oh, shutting down? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what what the SEC do? <laughs> they kept playing. All right, we're te- we're teasing it enough. Uh, I'm I'm going to go for it here. So, look. They fucking played. You could say as reckless all you want, okay? How many fucking kids died? How many kids were in the hospital? Yep. You 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 would have heard about it, right? Did you hear about it? Yep. No. So you can call it reckless, you can call it selfish by, you know, their administration. Um, Or you can look at it this way. They're fucking thinking about the future generation. They're not putting, you know, the the middle-aged adults weren't sitting there thinking about their own safety. They were thinking about uh, the kids in their conferences' mental well-being of, you know, not canceling fucking football. 
You know, the sport they, they went to that school to play for. A lot of those kids are, whether it's right or wrong, are, you know, have a dream and of playing pro football and dedicating their life to football. Whether that's right or wrong, you know, whatever the, you know, their atmosphere is around them. Okay, that's their fucking dream. And those people in the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC, we're not going to take it away from them. You could say it was all about money, you know, all you want. But they have a good excuse to say, no, we were thinking about the kids. You know, the students. I think they were thinking about everything. They were thinking about everything. Why, why can't they think about money? You know? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. There's nothing wrong with any of it. You know, how many, how many programs uh, on the West Coast, you know, got – how many sports pro- athletic programs got canceled? You know, countless got canceled because of this. And uh, uh, nobody listening to this will care, or there might be one or two, but um, even if you look to, like, uh, Woodenville High School and the girls' basketball team that had, they were loaded last year. Um, They might win the title this year, but they were loaded last year. It was going to be their time to go undefeated and win the state championship. If they stayed healthy, there was nothing stopping them, and then everything got shut down, so... Yeah, and they they can I, never they I, can never get that back. I, I I told everybody you know last you know last year they were like they were like there's going to be no college football. I said no, the SEC will play. Well, how are they how are they going to play? How I go the NCAA will go sit down with anybody and they'll the SEC will give them a middle finger and say we'll do unsanctioned games. We don't fucking care. We're we're playing football. <laughs> It, this was, you know, it was mind blowing, but mm-hmm. you know the science is the science is worse down there, from what I've heard. Well, you so, have to keep in mind all those huge breakouts that took place from those crowds at that game on the at those games. I, I mean those those <laughs> stone cold killers last year. The Notre Dame rushing the field and killed every single Clemson fan last year. Super by rushing the super field. spreaders, super spreaders. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, my list of things that makes it so the SEC and these programs are so different than Washington and the Pac-12 for the most part of widening the gap. One of those is, yeah, how, how serious they take football. I just, I don't think I, you know, there's people like us, I don't think there's that many, uh, and they're getting fewer compared to what you have in the SEC. And I, I, yeah, I, that somewhere right now though, you know, Jimmy Lick is probably, talking to his brother and they're t- talking about, you know, how, how if they COVID wouldn't have hit, you know, as you were saying, and like that Woodenville team that, you know, Jimmy Lake would be riding high right now. Did I get muted? I, I'm not sure, but you don't, you don't, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think 2020, 2020 was the season of destiny for Jimmy Lake, and they were set up for a big year. And you know, COVID took him down; he he couldn't recover. That was what all was all the problem with Jimmy Lake. Do we lose Derek? <laughs> I think 
We're getting shadow banned. <laughs> I think we must have lost him. Okay, I don't know if that means it's still recording or not. I have no idea. I wonder if we uh, have to call back. This is good pod, right? <laughs> good pod. I'll send a text. Shadow band. We think you're shadow trying band. trying to get more and more shadow band. <laughs> trying to get uh <laughs> Oh, uh this uh hot off the presses Dana Valu coming back for another year. Just what you needed. Brilliant. I, I know he can be a shittier <laughs> Luke Wattenberg. Like, yeah, wh- wh- why? I mean, I, I, fuck. I mean, God, what? He straight up sucks. I mean, as bad as Wattenberg was, I mean, I'm like, he was at least like a starter on like what, like 2017 for a couple of decent te- good teams, and you know, Vanavalu was fucking terrible. Like. I thought I, I thought Kern was worse. Kern, Kern is worse, but I mean, like, I thought the deal with Benavolu was like, yeah, he has like career injury. He's gonna retire. I was shocked to see that someone posted that. You know, he's coming back, and it's like, what? I thought like, not only just like the career injuries, but just like clearly, you're not gonna play in the NFL. You're not a good Pac-12 player. You're better off. I mean, the Huskies are better off throwing a younger guy in there and seeing if he can fucking play. Like, the whole the whole fucking guys like him and Wattenberg out there who are just playing fucking six years who we know suck and who are going to suck. I mean, fuck. I mean, you got to find out if someone else is better or not that has, like, a chance. Derek sent me a message on Hardcore Huff. My phone froze up and terminated the conference call. I can't even get it to shut off and auto restart. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, oh, maybe it's maybe because we're still on it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'll get out, get out, and then see like if he comes back, and then we can call back in. Yeah, I'll try that. All right. All right. What the fuck do you have to do in 10 minutes? Yeah, so we uh, had a little glitch and malfunction there, and I don't know what happened, but uh, we got knocked off the thing there. Joey was speculating it might have something to do with Karen ramming in the NSA or something. But, uh, <laughs> China. So. It was China. <laughs> so what were we talking China. about? Uh <laughs> well, just, the Pac-12 just sucking as a whole, I, I guess. <laughs> I don't remember who was talking. You know, it's one of us, but I can't remember how. You, you don't know uh, where it was, exactly it cut out. But it was Wooly Duke. It was Wooly Duke. He started cutting out a little bit on my end. I couldn't. I started. I couldn't hear him. Um, whatever you were saying, then Derek was just gone. No warning. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> well, uh, Joey, if you want to do the, uh, you know, an update to your all uh, fake tough guy team. 
Yeah, uh, shame on you, Jackson Sermon. You listened to this pod, obviously. <laughs> you waited a fucking day after the fake tough guy team and announced your, uh, announced your portal lane the next day. So I'm on to you, pal. And uh, Jaden Delora, <laughs> I mean, come on. Jaden Delora, you know. He, uh, the the accountant down there in Arizona is doing something <laughs> doing something good because he he's kind of in on some four star recruits too, and uh, Jaden Delora doesn't didn't want to compete with uh, you know kid named Cameron from Incarnate Word apparently. <laughs> and is it true so I, that is it true that CJ Verdell and Travis Dyer are coming back for their? Eighth and ninth seasons, respectively. <laughs> I haven't seen that confirmed yet, but like, they're like the only two guys in the Pac-12 who haven't like declared either way. And it was actually pretty funny. Uh, I saw on Twitter. <laughs> I guess they had a Twitter space spaces for Oregon, and I guess Oregon fans who are fucking insane were talking shit about not wanting Travis Daddy come back, and then he came on. <laughs> He came on to it and was, like, listening. And then guys were like, shut up. And it's like, you guys are insane. Like, because they want some guy, like, guys that, like, the Huskies weren't even actually recruiting who they think are better because they're, like, low four stars. They think are going to, like, they want over the guys who actually are fucking good. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping do not come back. Yeah. And then Delora, what, like, Literally, Jed Fish, I don't know how you recruit four-star players, you know, without winning, like, 12 games, uh, according to, you know, Dugman and, the, you know, all, all the dudes that are like, well, if Jimmy can win 10 games next year, then they can recruit. It's like, no, you can recruit or you don't recruit. Like, Arizona is as bad as any team I've ever seen in the Pac-12, like, for two, three years now, and they're fucking signing guys, like, way, like, way over their head. Like, they're not, like, killing it, like, you know, not signing a top 10 class, but, you know. You Who does? Recruit, they are. Yeah, yeah. Again, we're already back in the cycle of, well, uh, they're working more on 2023 guys until nine months from now when they're like, oh, all the four-star guys in state really don't want to, they want to leave the state. Well, they're working on 2024 guys now. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. They haven't been able to play yet and show what they can do. It's like, well, Jed Fish has fucking played and he got his ass kicked up and down the fucking West Coast uh, and by anyone and everyone, and they still can convince people to play for him. So I don't want uh, his new excuse staff. Me. Excuse me, they beat Cal. They beat Cal with, like, they half of Cal's, Cal. team, <laughs> Cal's team not playing. Uh, but, yeah, they, they're still going to out-recruit. They're going to out-recruit this new staff. Then, you know, the staff couldn't keep a guy who had already showed up on campus because he wants to go play for fucking live in East Lansing and play for Mel Tucker and go fucking eight and five for the rest of his life uh, at Michigan state. So that that's great. Do you guys remember well, when, uh, do you guys remember when Ron Zook was the head coach at Illinois? No, do sure. I. He, he had like one or two uh, insane recruiting classes. He did. Yeah. I, I want to say he was in the top 10, like two years in a row. No. Yes, yes, I think I he mean, was. Yeah, not, I think he was. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that everything was on the up and up there, but yeah, you can uh, you can have you know basically a staff full of just insane recruiters. You know, not saying they're you know they can coach them up. I can't remember one single player from 
<laughs> I can't think off the top of my head one single player from any of those uh, highly coveted Ron Zook coached Illinois fighting Illini teams. But. Well, well it seems to me we, we beat them in 2013, I want to say. And, uh, isn't I, think, that, yeah. I think we only played them one year. We no, never played them back. here. They played like in yeah. Soldier Field or like somewhere weird, and then they played here. They won back to back years. I promise you. Okay. They blew. They them had out. like one. Like, yeah. They had one linebacker that was, I think, a Zook guy. If this is going way back in my memory here <laughs> for something I have no reason to even remember, but and it seems like he got drafted in the second or third round, but that would be about it that I can recall. Men, didn't they have uh, Rashad Mendenhall? Was he like a running back? Uh, yeah. That sounds vaguely I remember, familiar. I remember they did have, yeah. like, of all those guys, they had, like, one guy who did actually pan out, and that might have been him. I, I think, you know, it's possible what he is, and I want to fucking avoid it. You know, I'm officially changing my mind on, you know, avoid the guys who know how to game uh, the scout 247 system of signing fucking guys that – are like four star guys, but no one actually wants. Like I, I think Cristobal is the master of it. Uh, I think that Dave Iuli is a great example of a guy who I don't think anyone actually wants, but he's like a four star guy. So Cristobal is like, get him! Like he'll look good on paper, and then he just is going to be asked wherever he goes. Uh, hey, it, but, cre- uh, it creates hype. It creates hype it around is your true. program. But I it don't does. know if it pays off. I don't know if it pays off in the end. Yeah. I think New High. New Heisel did the same shit, and then, you know, it's great at the time, and then two years later you got a bunch of guys who, you know, aren't that great, and you'd rather have, you know, the Peterson, the early Peterson years where they were signing fucking Greg Gaines and Dante Pettis and uh, Drew Sample, and no one was excited, and, and they started bringing in these guys who don't love football or who they, you know, they probably didn't like as much because they were four stars, and I, I can't remember where, I, it might have, You've heard there's also a difference between a five star guy, especially a high five star guy, and like any four star guy. I mean that's the thing. Like yeah, like most of the high five star guys, top ten, top twenty five guys, I feel like yeah, sell out for that shit. You know, Shaq Thompson's. Uh, you know, most of those guys are pretty legit, other than like Foster Sorrell <laughs> and Jacob Eason uh, and uh, Max Brown. Uh, unless they're from Washington, the state of Washington, and they, they're they probably legit. But, like, most four-star guys, just get the fucking guys you want. Like, don't sell out on a guy because he's, you know, I think Washington got burned hard. Like, I'm officially kind of in the Duke camp of, like, I want guys who want to play football, and I want guys who fucking can be developed. I don't want fucking Dave Iuli or Malik Agbo who look like their bodies look like they're fucking bags of dirty laundry. <laughs> <laughs> look at the uh, Sarkeesian lineman, uh, the Sarkeesian recruits. You know, like think of the uh, the four-star guys uh, like Eric Kohler, uh, Micah Hatchie, um, Nick, Mon- Nick Montana, Sean Parker. Yeah, they had a lot of... I think, uh, I think Colin yeah. Porter was like a four-star at one point and got bumped down to a three. But but who are like the best linemen? Colin Tanagawa and Dexter Charles. Colin Tanagawa. And, uh, uh, who was... Uh, Coleman Shelton was a... That was a Sark recruit. He um, was, yeah. 
Two-star guy. Was was Eldrin Camp a Sark? Eldrin Camp was a Sark recruit. Like three-star guy. guys. Yeah. Late take. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, we're we're Dugan a bit, but yeah, I'm kind. I'm officially <laughs> like. I I'm in no, camp. I'm, I, I'm, I want, I'm saying you're you're right. It's it's like you know you've got these fringe four-star guys like Micah Hatchie, and all we did was fucking yell at him and curse him all, all the time. <laughs> So, do you guys remember the name Juice Williams? Kind of. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah. So he was so he was recruited yeah. to Illinois. He was a quarterback, and he was one of the 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 top uh, recruits in the nation when he came in. Oh yeah. What year? What year was that? About like 2010 or something? Like actually earlier than that, it was uh, 2006. Oh wow! For, and, he, uh, and he was a looks like he was pretty much a four year starter for uh, Ron Zook. Yeah, man, fifteen years ago, holy shit! Fifteen yep. years ago, and he's now wow. a financial advisor for Northwestern Mutual. Well, good for him. <laughs> So, but anyways, uh, do, we, do we have any final thoughts as we wrap up? I just okay, want to pray. Does anybody want to know Ron Zook's career record as a coach? <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked up what he's doing now. He had quite a career after he left Illinois. <laughs> I'm looking here, at here. it right now, too. It's like, which team yeah, he, did he not coach for? <laughs> the Salt Lake Stallions he, he definitely coached for. I don't know what the fuck the Salt Lake Stallions are. Was special he teams coordinator in Florida before Urban. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Man, that guy's yeah, been all he, over the place. I think he was like the New Orleans Saints defensive coordinator. I think when Florida hired him, it was like some weird. Everybody was like, "Ron Zuck." <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Good in a room, clearly. Yeah, I yeah, got it. Totally. Uh, um, oops. Um, Damone was asking for a shout out, but I got one better. He gets the uh, "You're not wrong, you're just an asshole" award. <laughs> <laughs> Who is more of a dog for life, Junior Adams or Taki Tainmani? Um. <laughs> Neither. What's score number three? What's score number three? <laughs> my only, um, my only last, my last statement on Taki Taimani was, I was reading the article about him, like why he left, and claiming that you know he, he wanted to go to Alabama, but he just really wanted to be a Husky. It's like, dude, you did not have a committable fucking offer from Alabama. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. That's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. Like literally, go to <laughs> fucking, go to Utah. You know, uh, I mean, go to Utah State, go to BYU. Don't, I mean, go to Oregon. He's going to be their, like, number three or four defensive tackle, too. It's just, like, you're also admitting that you're, like, a fucking depth guy. Like, it, it's just weird. It's a good sign that I think Tosh, Tosh Lapoy has passed the usually illusion in utero portion of his career. I, I think he's fucking, the fact that he's wasting time recruiting that fucking guy is a good sign that he's not the old he's not the old 
He's not he's not appetite for destruction, Tosh Lapoy gonna get you Shaq Thompson fucking bury a body. He's, he's like he's he's saying anger Tosh Lapoy. Yeah, he's, <laughs> Well here's the yeah. deal. I'm gonna say something counter to that even though I think you're probably right. But if you look at just the, uh, the 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 horrific coaching that we've been providing up here, and if you guys are a proponent of player development as I am, um, it's quite possible that he might develop into something that would just it was impossible to become here. And that was seemed to be the theme of his interview there with Christian Capel was if you're basically just to boil it down uh, to what his reason for leaving was, it's just that I, I I'm not being developed here. And he didn't seem very motivated either. Huh. So yeah, I could I could see that. Uh, it's possible. Yeah, you don't go don't go to Oregon. They didn't didn't like Rip Rowan. I mean, what the hell, man? <laughs> like Rip Rowan. <laughs> I I always heard I always heard Tosh was you know a ten in recruiting and like a one in coaching. So, I'm I'm pretty sure that's is a, the case. And then yeah. he's a coordinator in the NFL soon after. So, right. Go go figure. Right. Oh, I gotta apologize. Uh, Senio Calamete. Oh, oh wait, yes. he was a t- no. He was a no. Tyra that was Ty. That was William. Yeah. Uh, okay, never mind. I take it back. Fuck you, Sark. You couldn't recruit linemen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well. Any last thoughts uh, before we wrap up? No, I I think I've shot it all. All right. Are we the Georgia Tech of uh, the West Coast? <laughs> Are we Amy that high? I'm 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 scrolling through the the questions on the board. So, ooh, can we get a couple cutouts of Jen and Ramming to disrobe game by game, a la Major League? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't want to get shadow banned again. Yeah, I no can thanks. make a couple of comments, but my whole yeah. thing is we were, you know, I'll just say with the whole ramming thing is I'm legitimately getting a little bit angry over this is because because all of her tweets, it's like. What is she doing? Does she even have responsibilities, you know? Everything is uh, pro-Oregon or, uh, you know, the search for the, 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 the best brownie recipe she can find. or none of, this, none of this has anything to do with us competing. And if you can just imagine that if people were going, hey, check out this NIL director for Alabama or for Florida or something, and it's like, they're they're working for Alabama, but they're posting all these things and where they're wearing Auburn stuff, and uh, and then they they're 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 you know they just got a fresh batch of snickerdoodles out of the oven and oh boy do they look good and you'd wonder what the hell's going on down there. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's a whole that that uh, God going back to that conference the whole culture thing so. Do you remember when uh, Penn State beat Auburn uh, at the beginning of the year, or was it, or was it the other way around? No, Penn State beat Auburn, right? Did Fuck, Penn State beat? Well, 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 Auburn did start off the year with a loss, right? 
yeah. So, yeah, Penn, yeah, Penn State beat Auburn. Has to be twenty-eight that game, to twenty. Game three. Okay, okay. So, so for whatever reason, I was on the SEC network and I was just scrolling through like, um, uh, you know, what was on their programming like the next day or, um or whatever, because I think I was going to rewatch, like, maybe Arkansas versus Texas or something like that. And they had the replay of SEC Network. You know, like, it was, like, the Sunday afternoon I saw that the Penn State-Auburn game was, like, right before it. So the next day, I, as I'm uh, looking on the guide again, uh, that game was off of it. So they took off. They took off a loss. Like they're not going to air any any you know non conference losses. So right, compare that to the Pac twelve. Uh, BYU beats Utah, and it's on all fucking week. BYU beating Utah on the Pac twelve network. It it sounds it sounds like you know something small that's annoying, but that's. That's what you have to do. You have to create a narrative that that the conference never loses. I, I, I mean, the network the networks probably played every single bowl game, right? They probably replayed them all. You know, I have no idea. Wouldn't surprise I, me, given, but I don't I've, know. I've, I've given up on the network, but in between oh, yeah. all the uh, in between all the uh, women's water polo matches, they probably. <laughs> You know, managed to manage to put in a, uh, you know, one of the um, one of the bowl game losses, but they're not creating a great narrative. So I guess on that fine note, we'll wrap it up. I know Willie's got to go, so um, oh, you're sick of me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I just feel, I feel like we've, we've said all we. I feel like we've also said all that we have to say, really. So, um, uh, all right. Well, well, we'll talk again soon. You guys, you guys want to do a show? We could maybe talk about this off air, but do you want to do a show every two to three weeks in the off season, or how often do you want to go? Uh, I'm up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever. Okay. All right. Sounds good, guys. All right. All right. Bye. All right. Have a gr- have go a great on. night. Hey. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote. peyote, come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to read that one, but...